0: Oh,
1: uh. Thought you're about to sing to me, Oklahoma or something?
0: You know I don't do that while we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 457 of the Design Details Podcast. This is Brian Lovin. And this is Marshall
1: Bach. I always follow you. Whatever you say, I, I always just I roll know. with it. But, it, you know, people tuning in for the first time might think, like, that's kind of a pretentious way to introduce yourself. This is they Marshall they Bach, are. Right? yeah. Anyways, welcome to the show. <laughs> what do we got
0: on the docket this week, Brian? Well, Marshall, today's a very special, special episode number. I don't know if you realize this. It is, yeah. Well, I know you realize this because you, you wrote it in the notes, uh-huh. but I just wanted to tease you a little bit. 457, why Why is that special? Yeah, a little
1: bit of quick maths. So uh, my predecessor, Bryn Jackson, who did the first... Two hundred and fifty-six episodes of this podcast. I came in on two fifty-seven, so do a little bit of addition subtraction. Come out with two hundred episodes.
0: All right. How about tell me the most memorable episode you've recorded without thinking too long about it?
1: Uh, yeah, probably the principles of design episode. I think it was a relatively Damn. early one. Yeah, that was like one of our first fifty. It's just been it, downhill since there, huh? Yeah, it wasn't like the first yeah, definitely in the first fifty. But I think that was like well, one, it made it onto the list of like, hey, you've never listened to the podcast, start here things on the website. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's a good representation of like the level of nerdiness that we're willing to commit to. So mm. mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Also I also think it was like a just a really useful episode. So that's the one that stands out for me as like gold standard
0: what advice do you have for people who want to do side projects
1: but struggle to keep
0: working on them for four years
1: uh is this turning into an interview
0: um just a little pop trivia i mean 200 episodes that's like in our our math that's close to four
1: years right fuck four years yeah what's my advice for people yeah sticking with a side i don't know man um I I've got very lucky with this thing that I stepped onto a fast moving vehicle like I didn't have to get it up to speed. I just kind of jumped in while I was already going fast. So that helps a lot when you have a built in audience already. <laughs>
0: Uh huh. Uh-huh. It's like,
1: oh, people are actually listening to this. That, that'll that help you keep going for sure. I don't know. Okay,
0: but give, give some advice for people who don't have a fast moving car to This step is on my
1: to. longest going. Why do you side show up project? every week, Marshall? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this is cheesy, but, Brian to get a chance to talk with you. Like this is, I mean, you're one of my very few close friends and I sit in the same room of my house, like 16 hours a day for the most part. So, uh, (laughs) I'm your, I'm
0: your social interaction to do.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also see you in person once a week usually. So, Uh, But yeah, this is a a nice thing to like nerd out, decompress on some of the things that I've been dealing with at work, or think about problems in a new way, or just have fun laughing. It's got to be fun. It's got to be fun. Yeah.
0: Cool. Well, congrats on 200 episodes. It's been fun. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for including me. And here's to the next 457, Marshall. Because you're locked in, baby. Yeah, we're doing yeah you this signed we me die. for a 12-year contract, so we're in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, huge contract. Big early termination clause. <laughs> okay, well, you made it. Let's dig in to your 200th episode. We have uh, some very important pixels. Quite to shout a out list today, Marshall.
1: as well, Hey,
0: Quite a list. Shout outs to our new Very Important Pixels. Thank you for joining the fam. Jack Slocum, Omar, Jonas Malu, Thomas O'Brien, Mark Haley, Daniel Palmer, Neil Mack, Kim Slosson, Rachel, Shannon Gallagher, Nacho Alan de Salazar, Felipe Espinoza, Juri Chen, Gouliuz Abdikaligova, Julie Less, and Rafa Dahis. Hey. I think I... Got forty percent.
1: This was a black diamond <laughs> list of uh of this listener was last expert things. terrain only. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Valiant efforts I try, or, y'all. I yeah, try. Yeah, it, Thank you all for supporting the show. Welcome in, welcome in. Yeah, enjoy the hot tub. If you didn't know, we are a listener-supported show. It means all the aforementioned people support the show on Patreon. Patreon.com slash design details. Where? For just a dollar a month. Just a dollar a month. Just a dollar a month. You get access to bonus content. We call that bonus content the sidebar. Sidebar, sidebar. It's just a little extra, a little extra something, something, a little extra design details to round out your life for when you just can't get enough of that main episode goodness. The sidebar is there to catch you when you fall. That's all over on Patreon. Once again, patreon.com slash design details. If you're enjoying the show, consider supporting us there. Thank you to everyone who has supported the show for this episode and all past episodes. It's just a buck a month. <laughs> it's just a buck a month. Okie dokie, Marshall. We have a listener question. This one comes to us from glucose on GitHub, who opened their first issue ever on GitHub. Put it in my perf. I swear, I've probably driven 0.0000001% of new account creation on GitHub. Mm-hmm. Not insignificant. Send me my check, Microsoft. Yeah. Send me my check. <laughs> Bluecoast asks, I'm looking to switch from architecture into product design. I'm finding it slightly overwhelming as to where to focus between learning software like Figma or Sketch or learning like code like CSS and React, et cetera, et cetera. Coming from a design background, I don't think I need to work on the design process as much. Any advice on this would be appreciated. The bigger question is, how do you, emphasis on you, decide what to focus on? How do you make sure you become a master rather than
1: a jack of all trades? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Immediately after you read that, Brian, uh, you brought up a really great point. About that last phrase that Blue Coast used, yeah. there, which was uh, a jack of all trades.
0: So everyone knows
1: jack of all trades. And they're
0: like, oh, yeah, that means a generalist. But then everyone's like, no, 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 you don't know the full saying. It's jack of all trades, master of none. Uh-huh. And it's like, ooh, that sounds uh, bad. It's like, an insult. okay, maybe I should be a, an expert at something. But the full, full quote, mm-hmm. the actual full quote is jack of all trades, master of none but still better than a master of one. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm -mm.
1: So yeah, the the full meaning of that phrase, which we've whittled down to like a quarter of its original size, the original intent is to say, it's better to be generalized than to be too specific. Mm -hmm. Right? So jack of all trades is not necessarily a bad thing. And actually it will suit you pretty well. This is the whole T-shaped thing we talk about,
0: Brian. Yeah, I feel like this is kind of, I don't know. Is this like the most generic answer ever? Like be more T-shaped. Well, what does that mean? It means you have sort of a wide array of skills or ability to, to do a wide array of skills, but only a handful of those you can go really deep in. So you get this wide and shallow with one point that goes really deep, kind of looks like a T. If You can visualize that in your head. Capital T. So be a T-shaped person. Capital T. Yeah, (laughs) not a lowercase T with like, I don't know, the little swoop at the end. I don't know what you call that. Or a cup of
1: tea or a golf tea. Actually, it is kind of golf tea, but it's not very wide. It's it's, it's just not a cup of tea, not a golf tea, not a T-shirt, although Uh close. Yeah, yeah. I think T-shirt gets you close. That's that's a very wide depth if you're doing a t-shirt shape. If that's your t-shape, <laughs> you are a master you're just of a lot of things. everything, and you got these
0: dinky little flanges like hanging off. The side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I dabble. I dabble on the sleeves.
0: Dabble on the sleeves. Yeah, I'm pretty much good at everything. So, okay, I am. I'm team generalist. Um, which look, it's all it's all just trade-offs, right? Like, what makes you happy in your life? What do you want to spend your time on? And I think there's just enough cases of people that are successful by nearly any definition of success as either specialists or generalists. I think you can just kind of cherry pick the examples of your choosing. For me, I've just found that the generalist path is more interesting. I can switch contexts. I can try lots of things. I feel like the ability to design and code unlocks a lot of opportunities for me. It's the reason that I'm able to start side projects and you know, try and launch a new business like that's possible because of some of those skills being able to I don't know I'm no expert marketer but I I can send an email I can I can tweet up a storm like some of those things feel like while I will never be the best at them they're good enough to get me off the ground on the things that I'm really excited and passionate about and so for me that's why the generalist path rules um I think the concern is I don't really have super deep tea's <laughs> you know. I uh, like I could imagine yours, Marshall being design systems is like the deep part of your T, or visual design, perhaps. How do you think about your your
1: skill, topology? Yeah typography? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think typography.: it's, <laughs> I think it's um, it, it's good to have multiple ascenders, if we're still saying on the, on this typography thing. like it's good to have a lot of vertical lines to your capital T um yeah design system and then pretty adjacent to that would be like i think ux design in general i have a a shallower vertical line on the code stuff like and i think this is kind of where you can start to be really useful even if you're not going super deep on all this stuff the the value of having some width is being able to talk the talk even if you can't walk the walk necessarily being able to like Spit the jargon of the lexicon of the type of person that you're talking to. <laughs> Even right? if you
0: don't like, know shit, you sound really smart. Mm-hmm. You know? Or at
1: least, like when they use that lexicon, you want you know enough to get the gist of what they're trying to say, and and you can sit at the table and actually like hold those conversations without needing to be brought up to speed, right? And that's a pretty shallow hill to climb as far as like understanding the basics of web code and, you know, most mobile code, it's pretty straightforward, or at least like the, the basic words that keep getting used over and over and over again, right? So get dangerous, like learn enough to be dangerous. But uh, any more depth than that, you start to like, it, the the hill gets much steeper. I don't know. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Like there's, I don't know what you would call it. Like, uh, I'm trying to describe how how that learning curve might be visualized. It's really steep at the start, but then plateaus, Really, really quickly, right? Like, it's very easy to learn the basics of anything in a few hours. I actually think most people can get good at most things in a shorter period of time than they realize, whether that's CSS, coding, learning a prototyping tool, learning how, I don't know, about design systems. Like, of course, you could work on it forever and refine that craft and build up a vast library of. Knowledge and stories to draw upon. I think you can get pretty good at most things in in a surprisingly short amount of time. I don't know, a few months of not necessarily focused work, and like a few weeks of focused practice, you can get pretty good at most things. So I guess the way I I think about it, Marshall, is like follow. (laughs) Trying to avoid say follow your (laughs) passion. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is product design is such a general term Mm -hmm. for lots and lots of skills that I think it's actually okay to fall into the well of specialization on literally what is most fun for you. Because there are plenty of teams and companies where your vertical line on your T will complement really, really well with that team or product or company or type of customer, right? Like If you are a designer who loves to code, you should probably go and work at a place like GitHub or Replit or some dev tool company, right? Like your strengths will shine in that environment. If you are a designer who loves to prototype, I don't know, you should probably go work at like an Airbnb. Like that's what they do. They prototype the shit out of everything, right? I think it's worth spread thin, but then let yourself, let your own natural interests sort of draw you into this well of expertise on a few things because it's fine. Like Let that drive your career forward and make this a long-lived career decision to switch from architecture to product design because it's so damn fun. And I promise there will be teams and, and companies that will be a good fit for whatever expertise within the range of product design skills you choose to learn.
1: Uh yeah, this is the exact advice that I was going to give. I had a different a slightly different metaphor I was going to use um which goes towards your your well reference earlier, which is uh do you know what a dowsing rod is, Brian? A dowsing rod. Uh-huh. It sounds familiar. Is that like the rain thing? Cl- yeah close or looking
0: for well water
1: exactly yeah it's a it's a bullshit yeah. like pseudoscience yeah, there's yeah, somebody you just tilt the rod and it you can make it point whatever direction you want to but it's like it was an old and timey way of finding water like divining where uh groundwater was but maybe like a, ra- a metal detector is a better thing yeah. here but like the idea of like walk the ground it's a it's a wide open field this product design thing we have here like there's lots of room for there to be deep wells of water under here. So, you yeah, know, walk around, scan it, see where the depth is. My guess is like, I don't know if your mind works anything like mine and you've been doing architecture already, you probably have a pretty organizational focused mind, which makes me think that like systems stuff might be a pretty deep well that you could fall into. Sure worked for me. Uh, so, like, but, and it might be multiple things. So, feel around, try all the things, at least enough to, like I said, get dangerous at them. And then the ones that speak to your heart, as Brian was saying, the, <laughs> the ones that like spark your passion, yeah. stick with those and go deep on yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, here's another way
0: to think about it, Marshall How do you get good at product design? I think you have to ship a lot of products. And unfortunately, there's no shortcut there. I think it, it it's so tempting to try and find the shortcut. What's the fastest path from A to B? And I think in this case, the path from A to B is through building a lot of shit. And so, you know, as you think about, okay, well, what skills, how, how do I spread my metal detector and, and explore the field? I think the answer is go build some stuff. You can do that within the context of a company. And then of course, side projects are the classic solution to this, right? And if you don't have a side project idea, go build a personal website because boy, oh boy, will that keep you occupied for a little while. But I think literally something that simple, go build a personal website. will force you to learn about all sorts of things, technical and force you to articulate a style in a visual language and implement that on the screen using some tool, whether it's hand-rolled code or you go for like a web flow or a framer. But anyways, by building the thing, you'll probably learn a lot and be drawn in some directions. And then I, I feel the same way just in in the more macro sense of your career. Like the way to get a vast library of experiences and stories and start pattern matching is to have exposure to shipping a lot of things and seeing the outcomes of your decisions That's why I believe in-house is a great way to become a product designer. It's a little bit faster, I think, than probably working in an agency because you get a more complete feedback loop. You're probably going to be shipping multiple iterations of a product over the course of a year. You might ship multiple iterations of multiple products over a year. There's ways to slightly compress that, but at the end of the day, the only way out is through and you kind of just got to go and ship a lot of stuff. Ideally stuff that is solving a real problem for a customer. If it's all just like made up case study, pixel candy stuff, that's probably not as valuable of a use of your time. Maybe the last point i have on this one is don't get married to the tools. This question asker mentioned Figma and Sketch and CSS and React. I think all that's fine. It's pretty good to have a base knowledge. I think what I would just avoid is being like, I'm going to learn how to be a product designer by learning how to use Figma. Like Those are very different things. Mm-hmm. Um, times change, tides change, tools change. Things come and go, right? And so don't build your identity around your ability to use a tool. In fact, the more valuable thing is just learn how to use tools really fast. <laughs> because then any any tool thrown at you You can start the pattern match for here's how tools of this category do this type of thing, usually, and like get good at guessing your way through interfaces, that kind of stuff. That feels
1: way more valuable than I'm going to know every feature of Figma. Yeah, I've started on Photoshop and then it was Sketch and now we're on Figma. Like it has changed so much, but but the principles stay the same, Brian.
0: The principles. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Any last words for our question asker, Marshall?
1: Uh, Bluecoast is a cool username. It's like a combo of Blue and Glucose. Good good username. I don't know, that's about it. <laughs> I don't have any
0: <laughs> Good last words. Thanks for the question, Bluecoast. <laughs> yeah. uh, I also happen to know for a fact that Bluecoast is a very important pixel on our Patreon. So hey, thank you also thank for you. supporting the show. Nice. Cool things, Time Marshall. I'll go first because you got the coolest cool thing. I I want to round us out. Uh, My cool thing this week is a new app by the read.cv crew called Posts. Have you seen it, Marshall? Have only because of you. Look at that. I am just the purveyor of cool things. Anyways, Posts is design Twitter minus the Twitter plus an app that kind of looks like Twitter carry through the design. Does any of that make sense? Uh huh. Kind of, yeah. It is a new app. It is a social network built on top of read.cv, which is already a beautiful place to have a little portfolio or sort of more modern internet native resume and post as a social network. On top of that, looks like Twitter, feels like Twitter without a lot of the bullshit that's on Twitter right now. Uh, I don't know. It's just a really small audience. It's mostly designers, kind of like self-selecting here. But what I like the most about posts is to me, visually, it's like What if Twitter, but very, very simple? And I think that's a fun thought exercise because you end up with a lot of the same primitives, but some stuff that's very slightly different. For example, when you go to someone's profile, you don't actually see how many followers they have. I think that's an interesting decision to make. It removes some of that anxiety around the popularity contest effect, right? Of Following people because other people follow them versus following them for the merit of the content that they create and the ideas that they put out into the world. So there's, there's lots of small decisions like that. Well, maybe not even small, but just decisions like that that you're like, oh, this is how this feels, creates a different atmosphere than the atmosphere I'm used to on Twitter. So yeah, I would say posts.cv. I think it's um, still invite only, although invites seem to be plentiful. So just poke around on Twitter or I'm sure they're skating close to more of like an open access system soon. But posts by read.cv.
1: Yeah, I was I was just looking around. There isn't any way to find the app on the website. I think it's still Test Flight. Yeah. Cool though. Cool, cool. thing. Brian. What you got, Marshall? I have the coolest thing I've ever. Cool thinged. This is uh-huh. a creation of one of our listeners, Brian Dakshi, who's been a long time uh-huh. listener of the show, made uh-huh. a website featuring quotes that I have said. Over the many years, and uh, I don't know. I am not sure all of these are are my most profound utterances, but Uh uh, I I love seeing what other people pick out as like notable things I've said. And this is a really cool site. Like, uh, if it's a good website, yeah. If you hold option. Uh, have you done this, friend? It's got all the like Whoa, Figma measurement things. Shit. Yeah, dude, cool, crazy. Uh, every single one of the quotes has the episode it came from, the name of the episode, and a thumbs up button to like it, or my little avatar in a circle to say "Oh, Marshall," <laughs> which I guess is a is a neutral oh, thumbs Marshall. down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah. So anyways, this warmed my heart when I saw it actually posted it. Marshall, you haven't even said the name of it. Oh thing. my gosh. It That's even the best part. So the name <laughs> of the website is bachwild.com. It's the best name you could choose for this website. Um, it's, this is perfect.
0: And that's that's the only piece of my personality that landed on this website. I feel like I get credit for the name. Right? Because I say buckwild all the time. I got that
1: from you. Yeah, I picked that up from you and Brynn. And maybe Brynn got it from you too. yeah, it's a a nice combination, Brynn. There's a fun little glitch effect when you hover over your avatar.
0: And there's a tooltip that says the chin, as Brynn calls (laughs) it. I did notice this. (laughs) Infamous
1: chin profile page. I didn't know this. That's funny.
0: There's a light mode, there's um, dark mode, there's system matching. Right. Yep. Uh, and all of this is Dakshi is learning React, I guess. If this is your first React website, I mean, looks great. Yeah, you're doing Crush. all right. <laughs> Crush. It's so fun. Yeah. Blockwild.com. Great, great website.
1: I love it. Thank you so much for making this Dakshi. I hope anybody who's uh, looked at this has enjoyed it as much as I have coolest thing anyone's ever done for me
0: what's what's the quote of yours on here that you feel like is the best the most representative of your philosophy on life and design
1: oh man i mean box constant is in here i feel like that's probably my legacy people don't read mm-hmm. there's normally an
0: expletive in there yeah, but yeah i yeah. understand why it's not included. Yeah, family friendly
1: yeah but i think maybe like the one that just came out that I didn't even think about it, I just kind of said it, and then afterwards I was like, oh, shit, that's kind of true, is uh, really it's the difference between someone who can't turn it off and someone who has to turn it on.
0: Dude, I was about to say that one's my favorite. I'm like hovering over it. Uh, That one's so good. Yeah. Yeah,
1: cool. Look at us. We just can't disagree on anything. (laughs) So thank you, Dakshi. Uh, Coolest thing ever. That's my cool thing, Brian. All right. Well, this was fun.
0: This has been episode 457 of the Design Details Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening. Be sure to check out bockwild.com. If you're enjoying the show and you want to hear more of it, go to patreon.com slash design details. You can support us there for just about a month. A buck a month. And we're going to be talking about designing the impossible, <laughs> a.k.a. designing notification settings. Ooh. They said it can't be done. We're going to figure out how to get it done. So that's over in the sidebar at patreon.com slash design details. Thanks all for listening and we'll catch you next time.
1: Bye. The 200th buy. Actually, I, I've done a lot of non-buys. Remember earlier, like I, I kind of switched it up a lot? Oh, yeah. And we've kind of settled uh, like a boulder at the bottom of a valley into mm-hmm. into just like an enthusiastic buy at the end. Like the you most know, we went way. there and back again. And what's really important is the journey we had along the way. Uh-huh. It's the friends we made along the way. <laughs> it's the buys we made yeah. along the way. Yeah, the buy was inside <laughs> our hearts the whole time.
0: The, the buys we said along the way. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.